Welcome to another cool, beautiful, miraculous, extravagant episode of the Ramcast. I'm your host, Ramlord, with my two co-hosts, Andrew the Billion Dollar Boy and Kai K. Sway. We got a beautiful guest coming out here looking like a seventh grader with a snapback. You already know, it's our boy, the blue chip soldier, Winston Yan. Let's all give him a round of applause today. You already know what it is. <laughs> hey, what's up, Winston? How you doing, boy? How you doing, my boy? Hey. I'm good, I'm good. I'm just chilling, dude. Trying to live life and shit. But it's hard for all of us out here. Yep. Yeah, so uh, how how have you been holding up during this, basically this whole pandemic? Um, You know, like, this is this is... I guess it's. I'm very tired of people saying that the coronavirus kind of is a very turbulent time for all of us. Cause that shit's boring. Like, but it, but it isn't wrong that like you know, Corona's got us all you know fucked up just a little bit. You know, like mm-hmm. for everyone in the service industry, everyone who works in tourism, uh, airlines, things like that. It's it's got every just sector of America just after you know, job yeah, security, just, going to classes, me. governmental support, everything like that. Yeah. I mean, if you want to be talkable, topical about it, uh, you just want to look over at Texas currently. I mean, all almost basic necessities have gone down, right? Like water and power and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And due to Corona, it's just difficult for things to get sorted, right? And also, there's just governmental, you know, politics, things like that. You know, the Republicans who have, you know, continuously berated other states for being unable to provide for their uh, constituents, which is a big word for people, right? um they're not doing anything about it they can't do anything about it and so you know for the past five days people in texas have been suffering all because you know we live in a bad situation there's just no support network for nobody so people be you know like just the other day i saw you know a mother and her child died because they're you know it's ice cold in texas right now because it's winter yeah. they died because they try to keep warm because they didn't have no power they had no water nothing their houses you are know? probably like the best insulated wise and stuff no it's texas most of the time most of the year is hot Right, they're living in a in a severe uh, climate change, like you know, because it's a winter storm. It's different out there for them. Yeah, you know, everything like that. It just makes everything a bad time. So you know, we're all in a bad way, but I think the best thing is for us, you know, as Americans, to get through that together, like just to have some kind of unity, you know, because it's the only thing that keeps us together. Besides just people, it's 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 important to be like that. You're right, dude. You're right. It's like we all gotta try to come together somehow, because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna front like I didn't really know about this whole situation until like a few days ago, because you know I started hearing more about it. People were like posting about it, and then I even see um that one fucker who who like left that one guy uh the representative or something to, to... Zodiac Killer Cruz. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, Ted Cruz, where he left to Cancun. Yeah, so it's like. Dog, these people are really going through it. The the people you represent or whatever, and it's like, yeah, like you said, people are dying, and you just go, oh, you just leave, and it's it's it sucks to see, you know, it's a really sucky thing to see. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy that like you know, your the people they represented you, like they voted for you, right? They, that you do good by them, and you just go out and you fly okay. somewhere else, basically. Like you're the state you you were chosen to represent, you abandoned it because you can't deal with the fact that you don't have basic necessities when none of your people have necessities. So, you know, 
just be like that. Fuck, dude. So, like, do you know, like, what's what's going to happen? What are they trying to do for them? Or um, I mean, Texas is basically in a state of emergency. Um, what that means is that there will be there'll be state uh, national funds that will be allocated. So money from like the government and shit will be given to these people to help them out. Um, they're restoring like a lot of things. So most recently, uh, power has been the biggest focus instead of water because most people have water stockpiles and if not, they got snow and stuff. Most important part of Texas right now is keeping people warm um, yeah. because, you know, hospitals are flow of people who are just being too yeah, cold. You can't go out and running out of water and stuff. I was reading that. Yeah. So they're, they're really focused on getting the power back up. Um, but right now they're in a, they're in like a less than stable situation. It's just about how fast like people can get shit done. But like even in coronavirus, they just don't have the ability to mobilize such resources um, when, you know, like already they're dealing with a pandemic, you know, and all those restrictions. How are you supposed to get basic necessities like that up if you can't even deal with, you know, like a virus? Yeah, bro. That's fucking crazy. Like, I can't imagine uh, being in like a situation like that. You know, cause um, of where we are and stuff. Like, I, I but is it like what is what what is it? Did they just randomly get like extremely cold, or was it like something that was building up? Or like, I'm I'm not even like how did it happen? I mean, they're just like you know how like Alhambra is like terribly wired for like rain and stuff. Like every time it rains, like half the city loses its power. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's they're not really made for like situations like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, but but yeah. is it like a lack of like emergency preparedness or like what lack of like uh, basically you yeah. wouldn't the the easiest way to account this for is like forest fires right in California or it's the best analogy is that like because in California we have forest fires a lot right we have infrastructure to deal with those so we have like bills and stuff for like water relief for evacuation and stuff Texas is different because they are you know near near the south doesn't get as cold there. It does snow in Texas. Um, that is something that happens in the winter, but not to the, the extent, right? And so when environmental extremes start to happen, um, then you start to lose the infrastructure and the ability to deal with those things, such as power, such as water. Um, because most people didn't expect for this to happen, right? Uh, this is a pretty severe, severe storm. I know already the death toll is like 50 because of, the, because of what has happened. Um, it's just no one was prepared and no one is expecting it. And suddenly it hit them and no one was ready. That means power lines go down. Um, they don't have the necessary infrastructure to to plow the streets or to to open the roads. So what happens is people are stuck in their houses. There's no power, so they get cold. They run through all their drinking water. Um, there's no power, so they can't melt nothing. Um, and they're just not ready for it. And that's what causes people to die. And no matter how much work the government can or put in or how many people they can get out there, it's never going to be enough to help everyone um, because it covers such a large area. It affects I think about 13 million Texans, um, right? Like this entire thing is that the that the water challenges alone, you know, um, trying to get power up is is pretty not is not as hard as finding water for people, right? Yeah. Because yeah. you gotta give people water. You have to you know set up power lines, pipes, and things like that. That could take time. Power is easier to do, um, but still, we we I think for like even the next week or so. I think we should still see the problems with water and getting, yeah, making yeah. sure everyone gets it. And this will, for the for weeks to come, uh, Texas will be. Yeah, and, and knowing we're in America, problematic. people say it's a week. It's probably going to be like another like three to four. Yeah, everything's yeah. over here apparently, especially when it comes to like disaster relief. 
Fuck, bro. Yeah. Fuck. That's true. Um, man, prayers to everyone going through it right now, man. Um, yeah. everyone around the world, of course, but uh, those that are affected in Houston or Texas or, or Dallas or anywhere in Texas, man. Um, prayers to you guys. I know sometimes we joke around me and Kai about uh fucking Houston and shit, but hey, man, we just want you guys to get better right now. At the end of the day, it's all about coming together. But man, this shit's this shit's pretty crazy, dog. Mm-hmm. Um. But uh, on a on another note, Winston, what would you say are any uh, highlights or anything going well for you during this whole crazy time? You know, because uh, there has been a lot of downs, but I'm wondering right now if there's any ups or any. Personally, it's fine. Um, I do go to college. That is, that is, you know. But everyone deals with that shit. I'm fortunate enough to have a family who has been able to work. Uh, over the past several days, so on, you know. But there's been uh, a lot of things like, you know, trying to trying to balance just my work life, uh, economics. Even though I have family who can still work, it's not like everything's very easy. Yeah. Um, but I know personally a lot of people who don't have that luxury, who have been severely affected by the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Uh, their service industry jobs have laid them off because there's basically no point in having them. Um, even if they're working for some sort of things, they don't have as many hours as before. Um, so that's really affected me hard, trying to give support to these people, trying to help them do things. Um, I've been help, I've helped people apply uh, for you know unemployment, trying to get their paperwork in order. Yeah. Um, but it'll never be enough for some of these people. It's just trying to you know living life under coronavirus. I feel like a lot of us have gotten used to it, um, especially the people who don't have like problems. Um, but for most of us, it's for a lot of people out there, it's still just a, a struggle, you know, to maintain that kind of normalcy. Um, and so my personal goal is to see that, you know, everyone gets vaccinated, that we have better timetables, better scheduling. Um, I personally was coronavirus tested this week. I went down to Lincoln Park in LA, which is like about 10 minutes away from downtown. And they had excellent, uh, there are no times for coronavirus uh, testing. There was no line. It was perfectly fine. They have so many different stations. So I think the city of LA is doing a good job on on managing that, at least here. Um, I'm not too sure about other areas. Personally, this is my experience. Um, but, you know, corona is just, it's just the way it is. So yeah, they're, trying, they're trying their best, at least. Yep. At least we know that. Try their best. Yeah. I, um, yeah, everyone wear their mask. Be safe. But um, what do you guys feel about how like they list they kind of lifted the restrictions and now they're doing outdoor dining and shit like that? How do you guys feel about that in in like LA? I mean, at this point, people that are taking it seriously are still going to be taking it seriously, obviously. And people that are like they still don't really believe in Corona, or they don't believe how serious it is. They're still they're still going to do what they do. So honestly, I don't think it really makes that much of a difference besides the fact that the people that are not following the rules or were not following the rules beforehand have like a justification now to like do what they want but mm. yeah which makes sense i mean like i believe that the lifting of the stay-at-home orders was was a double-edged blade right uh the reason why is he was facing increasingly public pressure uh from yeah. a lot of the the economic industries of, of california to come up um because you know it was affecting the restaurant business you, you'd see a lot more closed um the loans they would offer to help keep restaurants grocery stores, things up and running. Um, we're not offered to all small businesses. Yeah. Um, a lot of, he got a lot of hate recently um, in the past couple months because he was offering large businesses 
Yeah, uh, remember the, sta- the Staples Center got like hundreds of millions, right? Mm-hmm. They got a lot of money. Yeah, and they, were, they um, gave it back. And he only them. offered small businesses, like, he only offered them a stimulus of maybe 100 million. And what qualifies as a small business in California is if you have less than 100 employees, right? Um, that is what is known as a small business. Um, there's plenty of other different things that they'll test you on to see like, hey, how much do you make? Um, who are you employing? What kind of people are you employing? Do you have any employees under the table? Um, but generally, the way you can see it is a small business is uh, less than 100 people. And the small business, were they're, they're doing really bad because a lot of small businesses just couldn't qualify for the loans. They couldn't qualify for that money uh, for various reasons. It's just like, hey. You... And even, even huh? then, even that, dude, they weren't getting much, right? Because I know yeah. people that, that yeah, ran businesses so... and did, didn't get much at all. Like run. Think of money. Yeah. Like the point of these loans was to say this should keep you afloat on your lease and everything up until the next point, right? A lot of people were getting less than 10k, right? Yeah. And for small business, small business, which are considered less than 100 people, like let's say you have 50 or so employees, that's a small business, um, depending on your number of locations, and it's et like cetera. Rent, dude. Um, like rent. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't work out for a lot of people. And so that's where the problems for Gavin Newsom became. He's the governor of California, by the way, if people don't know. Mm-hmm. It was like, if you don't got that ability to, let's say, keep yourself afloat, how is the government supposed to support you? This is a government-mandated order, right? He ordered the stay-at-home order trend that there would be no more uh, sitting outside. Um, your business could not legally be open past a certain amount of hours um, at night. Uh, you weren't allowed to, let's say, take in orders in your shop. You had to have them outside. Things like that that would all add up to make sure that your business receives not a lot of business, um, those all hurt these these businesses. And so they're like, well, we can't stay afloat with the lack of help from the government and also the adverse effect they're having on our, our industries, right? So he was facing a lot of backlash through that. He was also facing a lot of recall orders uh, because of how he's been treating large businesses themselves. Um, yeah. I don't know exactly his economic policy. I haven't followed up so much on it it seems like he thought that you know by giving the money to large businesses it should once again like reagan said trickle down to the lower economies and help out right because he's down economics economics yeah but the the idea was that he's like well they employ some more people we'll just keep them going but you know clearly that that wasn't helping um a lot of it they say is very political that he was facing a lot of pressure from uh from lobbyists to to open up or give more money or that his uh democratic Peers were like, hey, you have to give a show that coronavirus is a very serious situation. And so you have to issue the stay-at-home order because if you don't, right, um, it'll look bad for us. And so now that the elections are over, now that Biden has has had a stable amount of time to be president, uh, people are saying that, hey, um, where he just lifted it only because these political reasons have, have subsided. Um, but once again, it just doesn't look good. I'd say that the stay-at-home over order was kind of effective. If you look at hospital records, it's like it did drop the amount of coronavirus cases, right? Yeah. Um, but when you live in a place as dense as Los Angeles, when you, you don't win with almost any numbers, nor- any numbers sense. look bad, right? It, any number is bad because it's so easy to spread, right? Mm-hmm. Um, certain states don't have that problem because most people live pretty isolated. If you go to states yeah. like North Dakota, uh, Wyoming, those states, right, where people live kind of few and far between. It's a lot harder to spread than a place like California where we're so packed and, you know, oftentimes, you know, people don't actually follow the rules that much because you can't, honestly. You want to go buy food for your family, get gas, you're likely to encounter someone who doesn't believe in coronavirus or just doesn't have the ability to do anything about it. 
right? They have to continue working in dangerous conditions. They have to continue to work in your Walmarts and your grocery stores because that's the only reason why you yourself can sustain yourselves. Yeah. Um, and just those, all of those reasons have led people to say that the LA coronavirus response efforts weren't, weren't adequate. Um, I'm not that quick to, to establish blame. I think there's a lot of outside factors that people don't realize have happened. Um, especially as a man who studies politics uh, in his career, I've realized that there's a lot more factors than the common people would ever hear about. So that's what matters. Damn. Y'all, both of y'all were really going off right now. <laughs> y'all, were, right. y'all were going off. It's one of my favorite topics. Damn. But um, yeah, to add on to what you are saying earlier about like text and all that, just thinking about it, it's like, like as it's not over after like the storm ends and everything people still need to do what like house repairs they could have mold in the house yeah like everything the people that are already like struggling to stay afloat due to coronavirus they're gonna be like literally like done bro they're, they're they have little to back up on already without this big storm and now this stuff is just it's just bad bro they're they're bad they're down bad <laughs> but but not in the way that uh... yeah not even no. in the in the literal sense. Yeah, like, not in the meme way. Like, <laughs> they're actually... But um, prayers to them. But Winston, I know right now you are on one of the best podcasts in the world, the Ramcast, Yar Yar. But um, <laughs> I know we touched on this earlier, but what are some highlights or some things that have been getting you through this crazy pandemic? You know, some other things. Oh, um, good highlights. I'd say... Um, I've been listening to some some amazing uh, uh, podcasts recently, including the Ramcast, which is really really good because um, it's run by my friends, so I, I enjoy that. Um, there's this podcast they have on Spotify where there are several American uh, previous o- Obama staffers. Um, it's called Pod Save America, um, but it's John That's Favreau, John David, Dan Piper, and Tommy David. Yeah, but it is it is good because they they have really good hot takes on um you know recent political situations they do one a week and so it's like they look at the administration they look at senators and keep in mind this is a democratic po- uh, podcast it used to be former obama aides right so this is the democratic administration um but they don't they're not necessarily too far left so if you enjoy some conservative values they'll address those as well um, but it's been really interesting to look at especially in these terminalist political times when you know we just had the recent capital riots uh, the what I call almost the deposition of the former president, President Trump, um, and just the inability for for our Senate and our our House representatives to, to agree on anything. I think this was most representative in their take on uh, uh, the recent Trump impeachment, Trump Part Two, um, and how that didn't go through. The sequel. Uh, how the almost the entirety, yeah, it just didn't work out. How the entirety, almost the entirety, except for seven people of the of the Republican Party. Uh, voted to to quit Trump of his of his crimes. Sequel's um, never no matter how, it's never better. <laughs> it's not better than the original. It just the way it looked was just so bad on our country. It's a stain on yeah. our country, one hundred percent. The inability for our representatives to to agree yeah, on something yeah, as with, like, calling people for violence. Murder. Yep. Yeah, it's literal murder. He did call those people to violence. Um, you could argue that he wasn't the one holding the knife, but if you gate if you put the knife in their hands, you're just as susceptible. To, to being charged for a murder than, than than other things, you know what I mean? I mean, those people at that point, those people aren't aren't like the Republicans, right? They're just like they're Trump cultists, like some Charles <laughs> Manson type it, it, it of shit. The cult. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like, Marilyn Manson? Yeah, things like that. Yeah. Pull up your drink again. Pull up your drink again. What? Pull up your drink. What were you drinking? Let me see. I was drinking a mango oh, yeah. dragon fruit. No, let me see. You call me a girl for drinking those? Man? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I tried it. Okay, Kai, I was going to tell you. It was, it was pretty good. Hmm. What's what your Starbucks? Is that? Is that from no, it's from Starbucks, bro. From Starbucks. Oh, shit. Mm. Um, go get yourself a pink drink right the fuck now. <laughs> All right. Now we had a nice little time to relax and have a good topic. You want to go into the next one, Winston? About what you're, you're very strong about and what you kind of lead your students as you would say. Yeah, what have you been working on right now? Like, what, yeah, what, what, what are the what things is, you've been telling us? big project. Oh, shit. I haven't been working on it. Um, this was an initiative started by... If you're talking about something that, hey, it was an initiative started by, uh, by Berkeley professor... By Berkeley and a San Francisco State professor. It's headed entirely by high school students um, with a couple of college aides. Um, I was one this past summer. I talked about it before. Um, but recently, they've been having national attention. Um, I'll tell you about this situation. So about two, three weeks ago... 84-year-old Oakland uh, Asian resident, right? Uh, he was pushed on the street by a man, uh, who who, and he proceeded to die from his injuries from that from that fall. Um, this man had already harassed two prior Asian people before, um, and so these two actors, uh, Daniel Kim and Daniel Wu, both Asian American actors, um, they have posted up, let's say, like a reward for any information identifying this man who did this thing, and uh, they've offered money to stop AI hate. For people who don't know, it isn't, once again, it's an organization run by youth, but they are primarily dedicated to uh, helping and dedicating and reporting all Asian American hate crime incidents that have been leading to or directly related to the coronavirus. Um, so they've been doing great work. Uh, they've gotten national attention. They're supported by the Jeremy Lin Foundation, um, who has given tens of thousands of dollars, as well as other supporters, supported by other Asian American groups. They've been doing great work. And recently, while I've been following their work, they've been issuing statements. Uh, the kids have been really working hard to ensure that we know about things like that. Um, but that would lead up to the next topic, really, which is the concept of Asian American hate in the United States. Um, it has gone up exponentially in the last year. Uh, well, you'll see more and more nowadays that there will be more individually linked cases of Asian American hate, especially against the elderly um, in America. Uh, before the 84-year-old man, a 91-year-old man was killed in, in a Chinatown um, a Thai man was also killed that same week. Uh, back in June, a 91-year-old elderly woman was set on fire in New York City's Chinatown. What the fuck, dude? And because she had the mentality of, let's not tell anyone, I don't want to worry my children, she went home after being set on fire. And so what, ha what ended up happening was uh, she didn't tell anyone until the next week that she had that incident happen to her. Um, and just no one said anything. It took a rapper, his name was China Mac, to organize an effort in protest in New York City to help this woman um, find find her perpetrator. Uh, it's things like this that, that have been on the rise, especially in the Asian American community. Um, I know back in, when we finished up the reports, which was back in August, uh, we had reported 3,000 cases of just Asian American people getting, getting hurt or having some sort of thing done to them, either directly linked to the coronavirus or indirectly linked. Um, and just things like that have been happening more and more. And that's the kind of stuff that we don't want to see, right, as a community. And um, I recently wrote an op-ed to the New York Times that, that dedicated, that was about this idea that um, no one helps Asian American community. Um, and there's been, you know, a lot of recent followings about that idea that, you know, we as a community are very quiet. Uh, we have this known, what is known by 
Asian American experts as the keep your head down mentality, which is because we came here as a country and faced, you know, one like complete, let's say, hate from, from the people here already, that our goal was if we keep our head down, we work hard, um, we will be successful, or at least we can find a good life here, right? Um, because that's what all immigrants do. They seek to find a better life. And even from the 1917s, uh, the Chinese Exclusion Act, the ability for Chinese people to acquire loans in certain areas, build housing, or the creation of Chinatowns, uh, all of these are you know, ways that have kept the Chinese American population, the Asian American population down. And um, even more so now you see, you know, that the with the rise of the BLM movement, um, a lot more minorities are getting attention uh, for their struggles, right? Um, BLM was a very great example of the entire African-American and other minorities uh, linking together to support them because, you know, we have stood so much oppression, so much tyranny, um, things that we as people don't deserve just because we were born a different color. Um, things like that has been on the rise, and it's good to see that. But when you apply that to the Asian-American community, we don't see that whatever. Um, going back to the 90-year-old Asian woman, uh, no news reported on it for, like, ever. Even after everything broke out, when China Mac came out with the protests and everything and talked about this woman, the only things that were focused on her were the news reports about how China Mac was organizing a protest. There was no direct interviews. There was no direct words. Um and you can see this kind of example throughout all of media, uh, how much they don't want these Asian American struggles to be in the limelight. Um, and what that means is that they don't want us to be seen. They don't want our struggles to be heard. I had an interview with a KTLA broadcaster. Uh, she She's Asian American, of course, and she had worked in the industry for several years. And what she told me was, um, it's so hard to get anything about Asian Americans on the screen. Um, maybe because people don't watch it, maybe because Asian Americans have their own television networks that they don't look, or maybe it doesn't get enough hits or they don't want to cause a, a ruckus. But you never, ever see Asian American struggles or any kind of hate crimes on the big screen. You never see anything that you know has a negative portrayal um, or of having things done to us. Um, this is pretty true. I've never seen, like, on a big mainstream news network, any sort of signs of any of these hate crimes ever being reported, ever being broadcast upon. Um, and that leads to its own slew of problems. But most recently, it is the comparisons between the Asian American movement right now uh, to support Asian American people uh, because of these horrendous crimes. And the countermeasure and the talk about BLM is that, you know, they're saying if BLM got this much so much attention, why don't we deserve this much attention? And it's causing a lot of tension between the African American and the Asian American communities right now. Mm. Um, it's like, it's Asian Americans saying, well, we're just as much a minority as black people. Why don't we get enough attention? Why do they deserve all the attention on mainstream media? Why do they get all the posters, all the support, all the paintings, all the murals? Why don't we get any help? Um, and that's kind of just a big tension between these two communities. There are people who say, hey, we're in the same boat, right? Why are we fighting? But their words aren't enough to drown out the, the kind of anger that people have that, you know, I'll say this to be frank. A lot of Asian Americans are, are very scared of other uh other Asian, a lot of Asians in America are very scared of other minorities. Um, we're taught from birth that other minorities tend to be thieving, uh, to commit crimes. Um, this isn't to start any sort of, let's say, kind of thing, but this is almost an objective fact that um, a lot of, you know, Asians are very afraid of other minorities. Not and so true, that kind of anger. It's what you're taught. Yeah, right. It's what you're taught. Yeah, none of it is true. Yeah, right? of course. Yeah, I understand. Of course. Yeah. But, but um, in, in that 
idea it, it combines with the anger of recent events and our upbringings to form this kind of idea that well why do we deserve any less than them and so now there's this kind of debate and it's led to argument you hear Winston? Wait, wait, Winston, Winston, uh, Winston we can't... I think we lost you, bro. Winston? We can't hear you, Winston. Winston? <laughs> Winston, we, we can't hear you. We can't hear you. We can't hear you. We like the last like, 30 we seconds, so we can't hear you. Yeah. Yeah, let me, let me type in the thing. Yeah. Fuck, he was turning up. Yeah, he was turning up. I saw it in his face. No. Look down in chat. Uh, can you hear me now, though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah there you go. Okay. Um. Oh, psh, sorry, my AirPods died. Uh, it's, it was a lot about just um, why can't, you know, our communities kind of bond together in these times of struggle, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um there's a just a lot of that has been going on um so you know it's just about supporting these organizations that really will report these ideas um just as we supported the blm movement just as people around the world rose up because of oppression against the the african-american race or minorities in america um you know we should see that also for the asian american communities so so like okay well what would be the best thing for a guy like me or a guy like anybody to do once when they see like maybe a video on on Instagram or YouTube about you know because I've been seeing a lot of things where you know Asian Americans were get, are getting attacked. What is, what is the best thing for for someone to do about a situation like that? Are there any like uh, movements to follow or any things to donate to? Um, of course, um, you'll find a lot of that. Um, especially in more, let's say, Asian American populated areas, um, APECOM for one is is a coal is known as the Asian Pacific Policy and Planning Council. Uh, they kind of help lead a coalition of Asian support groups, Asian American uh, identity support groups, in Los Angeles primarily, um, but mm -hmm. also other things. Like if you're gonna see something like that, it's important to share, um, get the word out. I know it's terrible to to share terrible events, and you know yeah, you don't it's want. It's kind of hard you know, to look at, right? Hard to look at. Yeah, I saw one like not even forty-five minutes ago. It was fucking terrible, dude. Yeah, but we'll definitely have all this stuff in our bio and Spotify, whatever. Yeah, to share all the work that they do mm -hmm. um, would be helpful. Just getting the word out, I think. Yeah. Um, if anything, it, it, you said you have like a like an op-ed to the New York Times now. Is that published or is that like public? Um, I never got word back. Um, I, I can I can send you the thing after what I wrote. Okay. Um, yeah, and I'll put it on because it was about. It, it was not i didn't think it was my best work but it, it does make a lot of sense mm -hmm. uh, but things like Probably that not your best work because you're very passionate about it right <laughs> but you know things like that will will um be could will be helpful to the effort um but also just doing your part in any sort of struggle i think um remember that everything we focus on um as minorities should be about unity um that our your struggles are our struggles right um that you know if something were to happen to you guys who knew that to other minorities when is it going to be us that's the question you should always ask yourself is what when will they stop being the shield and when will you know the oppressive majority's efforts be looking towards us right i know that's a fear tactic i know that that's what people gets people scared but fear is a great motivator um 
causes change in things, you know. Um, if Dr. Martin Luther King didn't fear for his family's life, didn't fear for his future, for his kids and the kids of his neighbors and his friends, I doubt that he would have been, you know, even 1%. I thought he'd just be a little bit less motivated, though he was a very great motivated man who who supported change in life. You know, fear is a great motivator in a lot of things that we do. Right. And so it's just making sure that everyone understands the concept that, that we should be together. If the minorities were to form together, it would be a much stronger bond than standing, you know, aside and blaming each other for, for, for what has happened to us, right? right. Um, I know I talked about this with you pub privately the other day, um, but there were these reports of an Asian man who was beaten to death by, by a group of African-Americans um, just a couple weeks ago, or, or not, even, not even a couple weeks, like very, very recently. Um, but it's those reports and those incidents that cause fractures between our communities, right? It's the first the Asians would blame the, the race itself. It has a demerit to the race that these people did these things. Instead of saying it's a group of people who clearly need help, who did something that they clearly weren't in control of because no one wants to murder um, if, they, if they can help it, right? Um, and then that causes African American to come back and say, well, why should you blame us for the individual's fault? And it goes back and forth and ultimately fractures us as people when we shouldn't be fractured. We should, we should be unified. Come together, really support each other in these struggles. That's the best thing you can do is to support yourselves. If you have money, please donate to any cause um, that you see is valid. I'm not going to say just support Asian Americans, especially if you're not Asian American, um, because you know you might find not something see. that resonates with you. Yeah, find something that helps helps you and your community. Working in your community might seem mm, not so important, right? Because your community might be small or your efforts might be small. But if everyone thought that way, there would be no charity, there would be no social security, there no would be no major movements in life. Um, we'd be stuck at the position we're at. So that's the best you guys can really, really do to help out any sort of movement, um, including this one. Especially in a time right now where it seems like everything's going to shit. We just got to come together and help each other, help, with, again, what, what resonates with you, what resonates with your friend, what resonates with anyone, that guy you talk to on the bus or whatever whatever the fuck happens, bro. Yeah, just, just do something. Because we're in this shit together. It might not seem like it, but the people you're around or the people you're, you you don't think will really matter to you, we're all in this shit together. And yeah. that shit's just crazy. But yeah, Winston, you're right. Because I've been seeing, it seems like the only outlets that I've been seeing that uh, cover the Asian American attacks were like JK News and, and, um, the Timothy Delegato No Chaser podcast with China Mac on there, and it shouldn't it shouldn't just be them. It should be fucking the news. You know what I mean? I feel like sometimes the news fucking pulls up some stupid shit, but they should be covering the shit that matters just like that. You know, and you're right because I don't really see that much stuff about Asian Americans, and it and it really uh, opens my eyes when you say that. But you know, nothing is really covered about them. But yeah, I think everybody can agree with that. It's kind of like sometimes it usually gets like swept under the rug or something like that, like a big topic like that. Yeah, especially dude. when it comes to the Asian people. But you know, it does suck. Like whenever you're on Instagram and stuff, you know, people talk big on the internet. They're like, every person here is bad or stuff. Like they they say a lot of stupid stuff. But why are you in like this part of the? Why are you on the West Coast? Why are you here where everybody's like meant to be like a mixing pot of like cultures and communities? It's kind of yeah, like. It's kind of ignorant. 
when it comes to that like every man for themselves type stuff very ignorant I like can't really, yeah, i can't really put it into like words too much like don't like they're acting like they don't know anyone that has done good to them that that is yeah. that is colored or another fucking ethnicity it's fucking crazy dude it's fucking... it's work you're just being among i'd say the the worst thing about ignorance is is that it, it no one is born ignorant right it is is a personal choice you make um, you could say it's a product of your environment, of your upbringing, of who you're at. Um, I've heard many people say that, you know, like, even if you know one colored person, it's still, you can still be ignorant. Even if you treat that colored person like family, even if you know one black person, one Asian American person, you can yeah. still be very ignorant of every other cultures. Because right. minorities are not, um, are not awash of this as well. Right? Like I said, Asian people are traditionally taught from birth that other minorities are, are worse than them. Uh, we try to hold our head high as a minority, but that's also not true, right? Every person is born with their own motivations, own situations in life. And so it's it's important for, for things to be taught. Um, I know that in California, there was a bill I t- maybe talked about that was we should introduce a racial sensitivity class into our local high schools and stuff. And now that brought up some, its whole slew of issues of why do we need to teach race? We'd be making the problem worse than it is. We'd show that racial inequality is actually a problem in America. Well, it is a problem in America. Yeah, I think, I think it's turning a cheek to it. Turning like a cheek right. to it if they, by not having it. But yeah. By not having education, how can you expect anyone to change, right? I wouldn't be the same man I am today if I didn't have education from various forms, from you know primary school, high school, but also education from the community, from my culture. To, to see things in different perspectives, I wouldn't be, I would be, I think, just as ignorant as everyone else. I grew up in a community of like-minded individuals who all believed one thing and, you know, had that inability to connect or empathize with other people just because they see a physical trait be different. Right? Yeah. And that's what really gets me the most about, about politics today is, is the indecision, is the inability to support things that seem to be correct for other reasons. Um, I used to work on a more public basis so i give speeches i would you know help talk in front of the community city councils and reading the comments on on any public forum that was like well these kids what they're saying is good but it's economically unfeasible we couldn't hire that many teachers we don't have the money where are they going to pull that money from sure these are all issues but we have to agree that the basis of the issue the foundation is the idea that we should be implementing these things we should be ensuring racial sensitivity, uh, you know, gender sensitivity, ensuring that everyone feels included, things like that, that people would get called snowflakes for is yeah. the bare necessities to understand the minority struggle and to understand why people are different and why that matters and why it shouldn't be seen as a negative trait. Why African-Americans are often sent into the city centers of, of city populaces, then driven out, right? Why gentrification is a problem not seen in in seen almost everywhere but not in these numbers when companies are developing and then charging extra high prices to make sure that minorities move out of these areas that they want to gentrify that they're forced to live in slums and ghettos whose property values and education abilities and transportation and any sort of economic advantage is taken away with these classes and these bills that we can introduce in politics and in our local communities we could find ourselves in a better economic and a better social situation for everyone rather than, you know, large corporations pushing for the kind of changes that they see. Why not push for the changes that we as the people need? And that's what people don't realize is that once again, we as people, if you want to think of a common enemy, you want to think of 
the ones who live above us, the ones who don't seem to understand that, you know, people are people, you know, fight against ignorance, fight against inequality, work for change. And that's what gets me really angry. That's a beautiful message. That's a beautiful message. It is really annoying to listen to, like, any government, anything, when a very good, like, great idea is brought up by people having those issues. Like, like, as you speak of any issue you talk about, like, they just kind of hide behind that wall of, oh, that's not a financially stable plan. That's anything that has, like, very good meaning to it or, like, good heart. It's just blocked by, oh, I don't know if that will be economically sound, right? Don't you think that's kind of something you hear a lot when it comes to these ideas? Yeah, I hear that shit a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's just not good. Like, yeah. sure, those you can address those problems later, but it's important for everyone just to realize these are problems in America, right? I think the whole racial inequality thing is something people want to sweep under the rug, right? Yeah. We see black on white violence, black on black violence, blah, 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 blah. Um, we can talk about it, but unless someone starts to address the issues of why are there proportionally more African-American crimes or why is there more crimes in these areas that are seen as slums or ghettos or why in these places they have such more they're, they're more prosperous because they have more economic chances and abilities until we as people start to take the statistics and the data that we get from people and really think about like solutions to end these th- problems we're not going to change as a society um you can say we've made great leaps and bounds since 1965 since you know we stopped the the segregation of, of races and um, the more integration of, of minorities or populists and even electing them into higher uh, seats in, in our political world and our social world, we can still see a lot of very similar lines drawn between us, right? Like, even today, there's still violence because you're a minority. Even today, you know, while segregation isn't an official law, you can say that segregation is still there by just yeah. driving a certain area, right? Why yeah. are there Chinatowns? What is a Chinatown? Well, think about it. It's an area where all Chinese people are. But what does that mean? Do they want to live there or are they specifically forced to be there, right? Unofficial form of segregation. It's these still things that we like to consider ourselves a higher society, um, that we like to consider ourselves better than most third world countries, which by the way, it's just a term of seeing who participated in World War II. Um, we, we're we not better than them, really. Like this whole situation in Texas just proves that, that g- given crisis, our infrastructure, our society in America isn't enough to deal with it, right? We can't consider, call ourselves the free world until we're all really free. We can't call ourselves economically stable until water and power issues in a state as large as Texas can't be re, can be resolved in less than a week. Yeah. Right? These are all indicative signs of just how flawed a lot of the problems in our, and how flawed our country is and exactly how little people are doing to solve them rather than further their own political careers, looking for other jobs, focusing on themselves no one has the ability, the time, or the money to focus on other people's and these public works. So it's just a really sad situation for everyone. Hey, that was that was beautiful, Winston. You've been dropping knowledge, and honestly, with this Ramcast, we've been we've been looking for a, a new like um, niche or new try to try to find a new um, goal, and it's about empowering not only our mind, our heart, our own motivation, our inspiration. And you did a great job. I know you have an important meeting. I don't want to hold you too late, but hey, thank you, you so much. Who are you speaking to again? Was it a uh, Mr. Uh, Biden or something? I don't know. Whatever. You're speaking to Barack, the homie Barack. <laughs> nah, dude, we're good. Nah, I just have a meeting in like a little bit, but okay. so, 
Well, yeah, I'm really thankful guess. guys for letting me talk on Ramcast again. Yeah, I know I that our last one was the most popular, but I hope that you know at least if someone can understand the message that I spoke today, that you know it'd be worth it. Hey, the last one was one of the most underrated ones. We yeah. were talking about funny ass shit. Hey, I know Andrew. I know Andrew like that one. Mm-hmm. Hey, Andrew, say something to Winston before before this Ramcast ends. Uh, yeah, I just like <laughs> what you said. <laughs> I like what you said because uh, you mentioned that the the hate crime towards uh, Asian Americans has increased significantly since uh, coronavirus, and I just want to. I just like that the they're spreading awareness just because. Even when this coronavirus ends, you know, and uh, kids are back in school, like, what are the hate crimes towards Asians in school, you know? Mm. Uh, they're going to be bullied, you know? So I feel like that's a very important expanding awareness about uh, Asian Americans. That's really, yeah, you're, that's, I didn't even think about that, Andrew. That's a really good point. They, we got to, as, as a minority, whether you got color on your skin or not, whatever the fuck it is, we got to unify. We got, we just got to be, one and it's we gotta just, be better. We gotta better. be better. Exactly. Let's let's get better. That's our new. That's our new shit. Let's get better. Better. Yeah, Are you I like that. that. I yeah. like that. <laughs> uh, hey, you made it up. Let's get better. Let's get better. But um, um hey, yeah. thank you so much, Winston. Okay. We really appreciate you. Let's get another round of applause to our amazing guest, Winston. <laughs> now, Andrew, let let them know where they can find us. And Winston, after that, you can let us know. Let the viewers We're know fine. where they can find you. Follow the new Instagram podcast page at <laughs> underscore Ramcast. At underscore Ramcast. At yes, underscore Ramcast. Yes, and now, Winston, where can they find you? Where can our lovely viewers find lovely you? I think on my Instagram at Winston uh, Yan with two N's. Um, my Facebook is Winston Yan. I will be posting maybe statements about the Asian American beauty. Uh, can, I'll, you know, be posting like things about supporting immigrants or organizations that you should be looking towards. Um, all those things. So if you want to give me like a checkout, like I'll be doing that shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just message him. His DMs are open. You know, when the Winston's a friendly guy, he'll he'll get you he'll get you started. He'll get you yeah. started. He'll get you going. He'll help you. Winston's, Winston's a, a man dude. of the people. Yeah, he is a man of the people. He's fighting for the people, fighting for you. If you ever see him for president, hey, throw him a vote, man. Throw him a vote. Throw him. Throw him a vote. And throw him something else. I don't know what else you're gonna throw him, but throw him <laughs> something else. Hey Kai, where can they find you? Uh, you know, just the usual. You can follow me on Instagram, Kai K two thousand one twenty five. That's all I'll give today. <laughs> and you can find me, Ram Lord Ram one O R D with the one instead of L. Thank you guys for listening. Yari, yeah. thank you, Winston. Oh yeah, wait. Make make sure to check everything. Winston's gonna be giving us a bunch of links to share on the Spotify bio. You can check that out. I mean, if there's something you're interested about, just ask Winston. He's the guy to do it. He might be busy, though. Might cost you a little bit, maybe like $2,000 an hour session, but hey, it's worth it. It's hey, worth they don't know how much we pay for this shit. Yeah, they the don't 35K. know. 35K. <laughs> 35K, and you didn't even want to do a face cap. That's crazy, right? <laughs> All right, let's end this. All right.